Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 14 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? I'm David. We have been away for a couple of weeks, but we are back at full complement, and over there is the negative face of Alan. Yo, yo. Sounding pretty happy tonight, and Matt is with us as well. How are you, pal? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Nice to have everyone back after a little hiatus. It is back. It's one week till Christmas. We're excited. 1872 Cup coming coming up. What more could you want? Edinburgh on a record streak, you know. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, they're doing all right. Broke up with Ashley. Yeah, good. <laughs> Finally got rid of your Finally New Zealand got rid girlfriend. Of <laughs> so it's great to great to have you back. I guess that the Pilates didn't stick, did it? No. Well, I mean, I did reach a hundred kilograms, but I think you still are hundred. Still kilograms. are. <laughs> Yeah, but wait, hold on. You haven't told her yet, though, so this is how she's finding out. Yes. Right, through the pod. She okay. is a subscriber, though, okay, which um, you guys can and do. And her mum, is she not? Yeah, I mean, I am that weak-willed <laughs> that I will, I will use the medium of podcast to break, break up with my long-term girlfriend. Fair enough. It's <laughs> well, modern age. Yeah. That's a real shame. We're going to lose two subscribers there, but you know, <laughs> you guys out there, you can subscribe to us on Acast or iTunes um, and listen to us every week. We will pop up as soon as we uh, put the pod out. You can catch us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, which is going. We are almost up at three thousand followers, so keep going if you're on there. Um, the Instagram continues to tick over, but it's doing all right at Thistle Understroke Rugby Understroke Pod. How many followers we got? Almost 500, actually. That's pretty good. We're doing right. Which, considering how long it took us to get five fo- 500 followers on Twitter, it's not actually going too it's badly. It's the influence. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but you've been chatting to us, as always, leaving us some nice ratings and reviews on iTunes. We do ask if you can get on there, leave us five stars and get us into the top charts. Um, we did not make it back into the top 10 last week, which is a real shame, but 
we will keep on trying, possibly because of this one. Um, w uh, Gray Eight One Stars said, um, "Gents, is it really necessary to use foul language?" What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that was some low hanging fruit, but I don't think we swear that much, do we? The occasional F word. Occasional F bomb. I think yeah. the occasional F. Um, and I suppose we do try and keep a keep a handle on it. But you know, supporting Scottish rugby is an incredibly frustrating thing. It's emotional. It's yeah. really emotional, and we love it. So you know, if we do spill over, we apologise for that. Um, we're not. Um, we're not. A, you're not a PG show. Yeah, exactly. This is like 15, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say yeah. 15 is the right level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what we are. But um, other than that, we did get five stars from the Granite City Gannett. Greg Farrell said educational and entertaining. With the exception of the chat about what happens in the front row, which is about as much insight as a dog barking at the moon. <laughs> and I completely agree. Yeah, and I don't really want to improve on that. So No, I've got I mean, I've tried to learn and I just keep failing. So I've got absolutely no idea what goes yeah. in the front room. Looks ter- it looks terrible. Who oh. cares? It's not that exciting. It's the worst, <laughs> it's the worst bit. Look, all we know is Marfa was the best prop in the world, yep. and we'll, we'll take best, it from there. Boost, best lo- loose head in the world. Okay, so on the show today, we've got news of what's been going on in the rugby world for the last couple of weeks, including Dent Weezy's appointment as the chief executive, <laughs> of, executive <laughs> of Worcester Warriors, which is exciting. Um, we're going to look back at the uh, Euro weekends, uh, Glasgow, Montpellier, and Edinburgh against London Irish and Krasny Yar, and then look ahead to the 1872 Cup. And joining us as a very special guest, we have had a chat with Byron McGuigan, New Scotland cap. We haven't had a chat with Byron McGuigan. I had a chat with him, that's true. You're now hogging professional players. You won't let us get involved. That's true, yeah. (laughs) Um, So I spoke to Byron uh, earlier this week or last week about his time with the Scotland camp and how it was going back to sale and getting a red card in his first game back. (laughs) (laughs) He's got some interesting stuff to say, so hang around for that. But from a Scotland legend to someone who never quite made it in the capital, Rizzo has gone back to Leicester to be replaced by Grant Shields. Do I mean Grant Shields? It's not. Grant Shields is a guy who's played uh, for Edinburgh before, but it's a guy called Michael Shields, I think. Oh, the, ch- the chap he, from Rotherham. Yeah, he's, he's English. Um, I think Grant Shields played for Stu Mel and Scotland. That was um, Graham Shield. Graham Shield. <laughs> <laughs> a lot uh, of famous G Shields. Yeah, G S's around. Uh, I think that presumably Cockrell was like, we've got enough cover, or Leicester really wanted him back. I don't, I don't know. It's the Marfo effect. He was quite good, though. He but it probably on, is the Marfo well, effect. Well, he was brought in. In like the beginning of the season, he was brought in because of the, the front row crisis. Mm. Before, he was supposed to be the starter ahead of Marfo. They sat down and they were like, well, we've got this Marfo guy who we hired because he emailed us. Yeah. yeah. That's probably not enough for the season. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get Rizzo in. Just but then they realised he is world class. So they've been like, look, Rizzo. Yeah. We don't done. need you. <laughs> we don't need you. But done. we do need this lad who currently plays for Rotherham. So but we'll see. I mean, in the current state of affairs, I'm backing yeah. him to be in the Six Nations. Well, squad. that's the thing. Yeah. He's got a very good chance of getting his golden cap. <laughs> He's getting a Six Nations winner's medal by the end of next year. Oh, exactly. Grand, grand Slam winning prop. Talking about props, obviously, off the back of our pod interview, Carl Trainer, two starts for Leicester oh, has he? Yeah. in the last two Champions Cup games. That which, I mean, lost. Which, which they have <laughs> lost two months there. Still, though. But if you're starting for Leicester at prop... Hamilton, you, Hamilton's back as well. Luke Hamilton. Yeah. 
I mean, you think that with how bad our props are, he's got to be like getting a yeah. shot at some point. Yeah. If he's starting Champions Cup games, that's yeah, that is much more than Daryl Marfo did <laughs> before getting a call up. Yeah, bring back trains. Bring back Justice the train. for pain. Trains. Justice for pain. Um, right, and probably <laughs> the. Right, let's do quick bits of re-signing news and then we'll get into the Worcester stuff because I think we're going to have something to say on that. Uh, Jamie Ritchie has re-signed for Edinburgh through to 2020. Possibly longer, don't know. And Nico Matawalu has had his contract extended till the end of 2019. Yeah. I like how they had that option on there. They were like, this is risky. <laughs> this is really risky. We're going to say we might give you two, yeah. but we're only going to confirm one year. And he's done well. And he has been absolute class. Yeah, fair. it's been a so. good good gamble, really. I yeah. wonder if they got him on a bit of a sort of cut price as well. Like, yeah, compared to what he was earning at Bath yeah, or Exeter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think good business. I think Richie in particular, really, really good business for Edinburgh. Their pack mm. is now looking like it's going to be quite tasty next year. John Barker there, coming there in. There are options across the back row. It's like the, genuinely the best options in like the Pro Fourteen. Yeah, I mean, obviously Hardy's obviously definitely going to leave at the end of the season. Probably. Do you think? Connell Dupree will probably move on. He's got his Scotland cap. He's kind of not really got that many ties to Edinburgh. Possibly. I, I feel like Bradbury's going to end up at eight. Yeah, I'd like to see Bradbury at eight. I wonder if and Dupree could probably uh, like command a contract in France. Yeah. And you'd be like, yeah, fair enough. Got, some, uh, got people to come in instead of him. Certainly would not begrudge him heading off. Um, okay, so Worcester Warriors, the SIU, are allegedly buying Worcester Warriors. What do we think? <laughs> do you want to start? So, I mean, outside of the fact that Worcester supposedly lost £5 million last year, although it's always a bit hard with these like accounting things, you don't really know what exactly sort of the profitability of these clubs are. I actually think it's like a pretty good deal for Scotland. At the end of the day, buying Worcester is going to cost less money than a trying to somehow make London Scottish a premiership side yep. and B, trying to make a third team work in Scotland where there is, there's, there's generally no city in Scotland that could, could sustain a third team. So from an SRU perspective, I think it's probably the best option they have on the table in terms of getting that third pro team. Well, that, that's what I think. I think the, the positive of it is it gets it off the ground starting as of, let's yeah. presume, 2019. It, would be, it could be operational as a sort of Scottish club team. Or a Scottish professional side. Yeah. If they wanted to restart the borders or start like the Cali Reds or another mm. franchise, they'd be starting from scratch. No, like there's no real stadium that lends itself to it. There's no infrastructure. There's no f- natural fan base. Yeah. Although saying natural fan base and moving to Worcester <laughs> is yeah. a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> but even the cheap, <clears throat> you're fair saying it's better value. They still lose five million pounds a year, right? Yeah. So you've got to underwrite that every year, presumably, that loss. Yes. How do you do that for like years? I don't understand. Just keep selling out some more games, mate. That's fine. <laughs> well, I just, maybe maybe it does it's like maybe the debt is serviceable with the SRU's money. I, I don't I don't I know. would imagine Glasgow is a loss making team. But obviously But the SRU's still in debt as well. I have no idea. Are they still in like 150 million pounds of debt or something? There is absolutely not a chance that that Scotland are 150 million pounds worth of debt. Maybe I've got that figure wrong. <laughs> Maybe it's 15. We're going to be I've we're going to be getting a seriously worded letter from the SRU. <laughs> yeah, <team>. I know. <laughs> I've got I've got I've got a number. They're dead, sorry, 150 million is probably wrong. I don't know. I don't know though. It might be right. Um, but uh, 
they're definitely still in debt. So Anne's gonna look that up. What about it's the more capital allocation, mate? It's fine. <laughs> let's let's come out. interest rates are low. Let's come out. <laughs> yeah. Let's come out of the finances for a second and look yeah. at possible other problems. One being, I think the biggest one is how are Worcester Warriors fans gonna feel That's if they the lose thing, like their they've not got a huge identity i wouldn't say but still like just becoming a sort of feeder team for for scotland it's a little bit I, I it's a bit a, funny yeah i think they've got a pretty good identity because they they've got a good ground good location it's pretty much the apart from the cricket team it's the only sporting team in worcester and surrounding area and yep. they seem to always kind of get good crowds um, yeah it's classic yeah it's, it's a good setup yeah that's that's my worry like parachuting like 20 30 young scottish lads Probably none of whom, or very few of whom, are going to be household names. Yeah. And everyone in Worcester's like, I'm going to go and watch my local, like, amateur semi-pro team. Like, surely, you, you want to feel some sort of allegiance to your team, so... I agree, but do you think, obviously, professional rugby's moved on, and there is very little local lads playing in these teams anymore? I don't think that's true. I think with Worcester, they've actually got a really good academy set up. Do they? And you look at guys like... I know Chris Pennell and Josh Adams, guys like that, and Dean Hammond, who are playing, like, they are genuinely local. Yeah. And even just, like, imagine if it's the same thing. You're watching Edinburgh, and, like, they get turned into an Irish feeder team. Or you'd hate, you'd a hate South them. African team like they did three years ago. You'd hate, you'd literally, yeah, exactly. And everyone's like, we hate this team. Yeah, like, that is true. People's natural, like, xenophobia will come out. <laughs> but no, the, but the other, I think it's understandable. It's fair enough. The other, the other big one... The Premiership, you have to field a certain number of English qualified pr- players. There is a there's a, an agreement between the RFU and Premiership Premiership Rugby, isn't there? Presumably, yes. there's a workaround here. I don't think that'll be a if so. You get permission to RFU to do it, then it won't be a problem. Yeah, I've, you've got to assume that any deal that is being done has been sort of signed off by the RFU. I guess from an RFU perspective, as long as they do hit their English qualified numbers, then they probably don't have a problem with it. And then obviously we would just fill the rest of the team with Scottish players. That, yeah, that just sounds so bizarre though. I mean, it, it is a very bizarre deal, but it's almost like the only option available. Yeah. I, no, mean, I, I agree. I have absolutely zero faith in it happening. There is I, no, I don't think it's going to happen. From, from a sort of a PR perspective in Worcester, I think it's absolutely horrendous. And I just don't think you can um, get it through. Why the would the RFU let it happen? as well there's a thing maybe there's no one else to buy it though beyond the qualified player status thing it's like why would a rugby union of a country let another union into their like area of control and a team that is like Scotland is getting better and competing more with England apart from last year like yeah there's so so many questions like cuckoo in there I don't it'll be interesting to see how it goes but Good to see Alan Solomons in the mix for um, director of rugby at Worcester. Mate, he's the Trojan horse. It is. Scott Johnson sent him down. <laughs> he did. Got him. Oh, he sent Carl Hogg and Dave De- Den Weezy first. He sent Heathcote like five years ago. He's yeah. been in yeah. the making for a long Heathcote time. Heathcote failed just, in his mission. <laughs> and Gogsy Ross. <laughs> Scott Johnson's a strategic thinker. He's he been is. planning on taking over Worcester for years. He's just got a massive board of every team in the UK. <laughs> and he's just been picking them off with players one by one. Um... No, I mean, it's, it's, I think from a Scotland perspective, we were pretty. Um, we actually think it's quite a good deal. But I think Alistair Reid in the Times said that he thought it could be the SOU's version of the Darien scheme. 
Yeah. So <laughs> that's great. Like yourself, probably going to bankrupt the SRU <laughs> in our hopes of colonising Worcester. <laughs> Equivalent of going to a swamp-ridden Peru in yeah. search of non-existent <laughs> gold. Great. Well, I mean, Scottish rugby have done you know worse things. That's true. I could believe it happening. And they only have five million pounds worth of debt. So yeah, yeah. The Darren scheme was actually in Panama, not Peru. It was. Yeah. It was. But fair enough. Um, okay, so we'll keep an eye on the Worcesters thing. It looks like it's a bit mad to us, but we will see what comes out. A couple other bits of news. Melrose will touch on in Prem 1, unbeaten, 12 games, 12 bonus points. Is quite good. It's unbelievable. Every single week, they just, they've not been run close by anyone, I don't think. No, and they actually had a couple of the players being picked off with the sevens as well. Yeah, yeah. I thought would make a sort of dent, but they're obviously just that you know, step above everyone yeah. else. Every other team can sort of beat each other on the day. Yeah. And Melrose is just that one step above. Be interesting to see if they, they put together a franchise idea. Because I, I think at the moment they're sort of operating at that Super 6 level. Yeah. I think they're pretty much professional. And can we chat about Ollie Kebble playing for, oh, Mar? for Mar? He's back. I mean... It got cancelled. Oh, it got cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Ollie Ver- Ke- Vernon was playing for Curry. Yes. And Curry beat Air. And Adam Hastings was playing for Curry as well. Yeah, yeah. The, Curry, the Curry Chieftains. Yeah, the Curry Chieftains. Sorry. The Curry Chieftains. <laughs> Not Curry <laughs> RFC. That's Curry got a franchise written all over it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Ollie Cable can't play Prem Rugby. He is he, an absolute beast. Who is he going to play? Who are they playing against again? It was the... You said it was the young guy from... Oh, Sonian's guy, Finn Hobbis. Yeah. He's like two years out of school. Who normally plays the Watson's twos and they got injuries. <laughs> hey, He's a good wee player, but he'd die. Uh, I mean, yeah, he would literally <laughs> die. Actually, yeah. I don't think there's a prop in Scotland who you would rather not play against than Ollie Kebble. <laughs> Maybe the nuke, but... Oh, my God. Uh, the, the nuke the could nuke. be worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's what he dreamt. That's what he was offered, though. You know, you come from Cape Town, <laughs> yeah. you get a run out of Mar. That's... <laughs> Into, into Troon like, don't worry he's about just it. like what, what am I doing here <laughs> but good to see him and Richie Vernon back or on their way back from injury yeah I think it'd be good to have uh, Kebble mm. up and running we only really saw him for about 20 minutes and then he picked up that injury yeah so good to get him back fit again um, right we're going to um, having a chat with, uh, with Byron now um, we spoke to him last week after he just got back um, from training so uh, here's that chat now Okay, delighted to be joined on the line by um, Byron McGuigan. Byron, how are you, man? Yeah, good, thank you. What have you been up to today? Uh, a bit of training today. It's, uh, all the fields are all snowed out, so we have to go train at uh, Manchester City's grounds, which was good, and then uh, did a bit of coaching. Nice, nice. And you're back into the dom- domestic rugby with a bit of a bang after an amazing autumn. Uh, two yellows and a red, and for the red at the weekend. Not, not the best. Yeah, no, not ideal, but um, these, these things happen. you just got to bounce back here. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure you'll be uh, back scoring tries in no time. So thanks a lot for joining us. I mean, one of the things I really want to talk to you today is sort of um, to find out a little bit how you ended up playing for Scotland, your sort of rugby journey um, and, and how it sort of ended and obviously that amazing game in Australia. Can you take us back to the beginning, how you got into rugby and how you ended up uh, getting the call up for Scotland? Well... If I, if I start way back, um, I actually played football till I was about 13, 14 years old, and uh, that was in my primary school years. All my friends and I played football, and then when I went to high school, I went to a different high school to a lot of my friends, and 
at the high school was the popular thing to do is play rugby and uh, so I got into that and from my footballing skills I used to kick some goals um, and really just found a huge passion for rugby, really enjoyed it and uh, from there pretty much you skip a few years when I was about 19 I went to a professional team called Border Bulldogs, I played there then for two and a half, three seasons and made the South African Sevens emerging team. Went and played in Dubai and actually met Gregor there and flew to Glasgow from there and did a medical. Played six months with Scotland Sevens. Um, spent two years under Gregor at uh, Glasgow Warriors before I went to New Zealand to go uh, play ITM Cup. From there, I found myself in the Premiership um, with that Exeter Chiefs. Really enjoyed my time there too. Uh, now playing at Sale. Um, obviously, the Scotland call-up was, was a huge moment for me and my family. It was a very proud moment. Um, and, then yeah, something I thoroughly enjoyed. And yeah. to be involved in my first game against All Blacks was a huge honour. Um, really loved it. The atmosphere was unbelievable. The, the Just the coaching setup and, and the way trainings are run and the tempo and intensity of training was really refreshing. And then managed to play the Australia game. And, uh, yeah, I, I got told... 10 minutes before the end of the war yeah. and that just gave me time to to not really overthink anything and I just went there just express myself that's what Gregor said go express yourself do what you've been doing for your club and um, yeah I went and done that I'm, I'm very happy with the, perfor- the team performance and my personal performance so yeah it was amazing yeah, it was, it was amazing. So you mentioned that the, the sort of atmosphere and the coaching and the Scotland setups really impressive at the moment Um was it just the sort of feeling within the squad? Is everyone sort of really confident as they sort of come across in interviews and things like that and really looking forward to the Six Nations? Is there a feeling in the squad that they can they can go on and do something special? Um, I mean, I think the results speak for themselves. You know, that Scotland were very competitive in the, in the New Zealand game. Probably should have won, but can't make excuses that we, we did lose. Um, we put a great performance in against Australia. And we managed a win against Samoa. And I think the squad that Gregor has and the coaching staff that, that's in place is really positive, you know. Um, uh, looking ahead to Six Nations, you know, Scotland can pick their, their strongest team. I think they'll do very well, be a very hard team to beat. I think they're definitely the team that, that's on the rise. I think Ireland's also looking very good. Then obviously England. So I think it'll be a very good Six Nations, very interesting and very competitive. And what sort of what sort of message did um, did Gregor and the coaching staff give you and the rest of the squad when they sort of left that autumn camp sort of towards the Six Nations? What were, what were the sort of work ons and the things that everyone's going to be trying to trying to improve? I think I think he was just pretty much gave us a breakdown of, of the three games and he's very proud of the boys. The boys did very well against Australia, so so he was, he was all smiles. And then I think as professionals, we all know we got we got a job to do when we get back to our clubs to perform well to put our hand up for the Six Nations. So there wasn't a lot to say. There was a lot of smiles in the change room. It was, it was a great environment to be in. It was, it was really good. Sounds great. And um, what is the, uh, what's the Scotland team initiation like these days? Is it just a, a sing-song at the back of the bus or in the changing room? <laughs> uh, tell you what, I probably uh, spent more, more minutes singing that week of New Zealand than I did playing... Uh, <laughs> Upstairs in front of 400 people, and then there's probably my worst nightmare because I'm not a good singer. And uh, I had to sing a couple times and on the bus too. So yeah. Oh, good. What 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 was your uh, what was your song of choice? 
Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. So <laughs> I know the lyrics there. That's nice. And um, so, I mean, you're playing down at Sale at the moment, obviously going going well, scoring heaps of tries in the Premiership. You're with um, Scotland uh, international Dross Strauss down there. How's how's Strauss getting on? Oh, he's very well liked. You know, he's he's doing really well. Um, you know, I think I think he's in the beginning of the season. He had a slow start. They probably probably had him playing in the wrong role. Um, but that's changed around now, and, he, and he's really been putting in very good dominant performances, which is which is good for us as a, as a club going forward. Yeah, doing so really well. Do you think you'll uh, will you catch um, catch the sort of the Glasgow Edinburgh double headers over over Christmas? You 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 sort of keep up with Scottish rugby when you're uh, when you're down in in England. I do, to be honest. I do I do like to follow uh, Glasgow and Exeter, my old club. So yeah. Yeah, I managed to watch the Glasgow game the weekend. It just passed, and if I get the opportunity to watch the doubleheader, I'll definitely be watching. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, uh, well, Byron, that was really, really great. Um, thanks a lot for coming on the pods, and um, all the best for the rest of the season. And uh, we'll hopefully see you getting your your first Six Nations caps in uh, in the new year. Thank you very much. So imagine hearing Backstreet Boys at the after game function of New Zealand. It'll be pretty pretty decent. Yeah, love it. I really hope they still do that tradition where they have to have like a the new cap has to have a drink with every single person on the team. Yeah, he. I don't know if they do that anymore, but I like to think they have some sort of thing. Twenty-two pints. <laughs> I think it's just with the. I mean, it's still fourteen drinks. <laughs> <laughs> but that was great to to hear from Byron. Hopefully, he'll be back in the Scotland squad in the Six Nations, scoring tries again. Um, Right, so we look back at the two weekends of European rugby. Um, let's start with Glasgow, their doubleheader against Montpellier, and it has not been particularly um, happy hunting ground for the for the Scotsman boys. They lost their first week 22-29, and then down in Montpellier at the weekend 26-36. Um, George Turner is banned for four weeks off the back of a ridiculously reckless hit on um, Pickamole was quite sweet there. <laughs> it was a big hit. It was a big I hit. I mean, if you're going to go out, you go out big. And he's targeted the biggest man he could. I know. And he's put him down. Um, and um, Sam Johnson's out for 10 weeks, maybe 12 weeks, uh, off the back of the second week's loss. Um, just not quite good enough at that European level, are they? Well, I think I was sort of looking back, actually, at the sort of pro 14 games that Glasgow won. And I think this just this sort of Champions Cup run has just proven that they're very much in the sort of second quarter of European club teams. Yeah. There's that top layer of Leinster, Munster, Claremont, Saracens, and we sort of sit in there with probably like Bath, Ulster, a few of those teams. Because actually, whilst obviously the 10 out of 10 is all really impressive, when actually we played against those teams like Leinster, Munster, Ospreys, they've not, they've not had their top players and specifically they've not had the the like lions forwards yeah. which is where yeah. <laughs> we really really struggled in these four champions cup games yeah i agree um i i was thinking my argument was when I, I saw the results was what the pro 14 they're doing very well but it's not intense enough they're not it's not preparing them for like the physicality and the the size of teams like montpellier and exeter and leinster to a degree but then actually you think about the fact that Munster and Leinster seem to always do really, really well in Europe. So you can't really use that as an excuse. But I sort of thought about it a bit more. I just I wonder if it's still just an experience thing and that Glasgow, you know, 
for the time we've been following them, have been sort of in and out of the Champions Cup. Yeah. The first real push was last year. Yeah. And, you know, I just wonder if they're still trying to find that level. No, I completely agree. And I think that that pack specifically, Ferguson, Batty, obviously Turner in the first game. Mm. Um, and then you look at someone like Matt Smith, who, to be fair, had a couple of actually cracking Yeah, he was really impressive, games. I thought. Um, I think are still kind of... Fu- they found their feet at the Pro 14 level, yeah. but they're still trying to find their feet at that Champions Cup level. Mm. And then I think you just mix that in with the fact that I don't think Ryan Wilson, again, has stood out in any of the Champions Cup games. He's meant to be captain. He's meant to be back row. Agreed. And I just... I don't think he is the right... I think he's fine again in the Pro 14 games where it's a little bit less intense, a little bit more open. Yeah. It actually comes to, like, the coal face again. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's Montpellier. He's not the person that you want on the pitch. I think it's I think looking back at that first game in particular. Glasgow had moments of real ascendancy mm. and then we joked about it but George Turner's sin binning really turned the game against them massively yeah. the Montpellier scored 21 points when Glasgow were down to 14 men and they lost by 7 and then Gray got sin binned uh, well, well, Gray got yeah. sin binned very much by virtue of Turner not being there yeah, because they were yeah. just they kicked to the corner and there was a, a mall going backwards I don't know if he intentionally pulled it down or he's just the guy who f- falls over first yeah, but you know, there's not a lot you can do when you're eight against seven, yeah. particularly against the size of Montpellier. So I trace that back directly to George Turner as well. You mm. lose 21 points when you're down to 14 men for 20 minutes of the game. What can you do? So I was actually hoping that they would go to Montpellier, and going away is difficult, and turn it around. But I think by then maybe their heads aren't quite in it. I think there has been just like key moments in all those four games, though. Montpellier this weekend, basically halftime, 19-14 up within a three-minute stretch, they score two tries and we're about yeah. 10 points down. Mm. Um, and it happened against Leinster where we were right in it and then suddenly, they remember just before half-time yeah, when they, they scored that try, try, yeah, they a try and they went off and all four of the games, there was opportunities for Glasgow to take mm. away the scruff of her neck and win. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe, that's, maybe that's a positive thing. Like, as we were talking about before, they are in the hardest group, like, I would say. In the, in the Champions yeah. Cup, yeah. Champion, a, Champions of England, um, um, you know, a frat, a Leinster, Montpellier team, a new, yeah, yeah, Montpellier team with like superstar squad. They're getting their act together under a good coach, you know, and they have had chances to win all the matches. Talk but, about, but now it kind of looks to me as if they might lose every single game. Yeah, which, which makes they, they, they obviously put a weakened squad. 
Yeah, yeah that, that's another thing. That, yeah, that exactly. being said, though, one thing I was going to say, I thought Pete Horn looking at playing at 10 is looking a much more assured player in that position than he, he probably was last year. I think he's having a really good season, both for club and country, Pete Horn. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if it's Rennie sort of thinking, well, look, I'm only going to have Finn for the rest of this season. I want to be here for a while. I need to give my next 10 some proper game time. Something and about that. And he loves crossfield kicks. He's, he, yeah, his ratio, he's good at them as well. His yeah, ratio yeah, yeah. of crossfield yeah. kicks to tries must be really, really good. They yeah. are good. Um, chat about Tommy Seymour. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he got destroyed in the second game. I think he needs a rest. I mean, so would anyone. Like, it's I not know. fair. He does struggle against those big props. Like he had it against um, Naholo when he was out for the Lions. Yeah, I think it was Vakatoa. Um, what's his name? Vakatoa. Vakatoa. Like what you call him? Half half French. <laughs> Uh, Vakatawa. Nice, mate. There you go. Um, Very good. Yeah, uh, I think he's he struggled against those, you know, real, essentially big Polynesian yeah. wingers. Um, and whilst obviously he's good in defence, maybe when it's when it comes to sort of a kicking game, that tackling isn't his strongest suit. I think you're right, Dave. I think he needs a rest. If we want, because we need him to be firing for the Six Nations. Played a lot of rugby, I suppose. Like he's, Lions tour, like. You got to play the Edinburgh games though. That's, that's well, a shootout. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, he's got. That's the thing. He's got to. But I think maybe after that, given we. But then he's he's not up against any Edinburgh wingers for that spot, is he? Um, I mean, it depends. Hoyland's sort of creeping his way back in. Kind of, yeah. But yeah, I guess it's probably what Maitland, um, and Mister McGuigan, who's his main competitors. Yeah, yeah. The Vis. The Vis had a baby. Had a baby today. Yeah. Called him Finn. After oh, Finn Russell. After Finn <laughs> Russell, saw that. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good luck to the visitors. Um, anything else to really say on Glasgow? I just think, you know, it's we at the start of the season, we said we think it's a development season. Mm. And I know, obviously, we've been doing really well in the Pro 14. Concentrate on that, see what we could do. Put Champions Cup down to experience, come out of yeah. next year. New, new players, experience, being blooded. I still think they're going to win the Pro 14 for what it's worth. Cool, man. I thought I'd let you know. <laughs> thought I'd put that out there. Um, I, I still think that this is goes back to, and we've gone over so many times, it just goes back to the Scotland issue where we just continue to struggle against powerful teams. Yeah, that that's my other worry, that the Champions Cup so far with Glasgow has shown that if England and Ireland and even Wales, France, play a power game, like... Yeah. What else would you do against Scotland? You don't want to keep it open. Yeah. I think some of that Edinburgh pack can sort of perform a bit better than that Glasgow pack, but you are right. When it comes to sort of top international rugby, if they bring out a power game, I think that full, that yeah. full forwards pack is going to really struggle. Mm. Definitely. Um, right, moving on. Edinburgh, back-to-back bonus point wins. They uh, top their group at a canter. Um, they beat London Irish 50 points to 20. And then they beat the Titans of Krasnyar 78-0 at Murrayfield. So two pretty good weeks. They are unbeaten in the in the Challenge Cup. Looking good. I mean, Krasnyar. Yeah, how, did like they a... look, how did they beat Stavron, say? <laughs> I know. It's like Krasnyar have got the worst tackling stats in Europe this season. They miss one out of five tackles every single time. <laughs> 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 so you just know if you run through five phases, you're going to get through. Yeah. Um. Yeah, only only beat the team that's put out in front of you and fair play. There's London Irish, a second team, but you know still some okay players. Once yeah. again, fair play. Um, I think it's good. I'm I'm feeling positive about it. I think it's good that they're they're going out there. They're 
fielding strong teams. They're getting that winning culture going, which mm. I think is really useful. They could easily sack these things off because they knew London Irish aren't interested. They know Krasny are crap. Yeah. Like, but they've now pretty much got themselves qualified top. They're going to be the top qualifier in the whole of Europe. I think so. Massive home uh, home quarter at Fortress Myerside. Yeah, that'd be good. Like it, these are these are good things for the club because they'll be able to you know market like for instance like bare bones like market that they'll be able to fill Myerside. Mm, yeah, actually sell tickets <laughs> to these sort of things. Like it's quite good. No, it is. And I think you know King Horn, probably the most informed player in Scotland at the moment. I think it's, I think it's a fair argument. Um, like him and him and sort of George Horn or something. Yeah, exactly. So unbelievably versatile as well. Came off the bench at 10 at the weekend. He's kicking we, sticks. Yeah, we played all his age group rugby at 10. And it was Solomon's that played him at 15. So I like to think <laughs> he's playing massively out of position. Classic Solomon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's going to side him for Worcester though. It'll be fine. That's true. Ooh, um, yeah, maybe he's the first player did you to see, um Did you see Jim Hamilton's article on Richard Cockrell at the weekend? In um, the Times? I didn't actually read it. I it was really, it. really funny. So he was basically like talking about why he joined Edinburgh and saying that when he was at Leicester, he played with Cockrell and was coached by him and said that like he was like a father figure to him. And Cockrell moved to Claremont for a season or something and said to Jim, he was like, Jim, I've, I've got this um, like pinball machine business <laughs> in Leicester and like I'm going away, but I want someone to take it over. So I want you to take it over. And Jim was like, all right, cool. So he occasionally call him and Jim, Jim Hamilton had no idea where the money was. Like, didn't write down anything. I think sort of like drove this like, I mean, it was like a sweet machine Jesus business God. into the ground. It's quite good. I think within that article as well, did he not say, did he not talk about how one of Cockrell's drivers is to actually take a, take a team and sort of build it brick by brick? Kind of like he, I think he drew the comparisons with Rob, what Rob Baxter's done at Exeter and mm. what Gregor Townsend did at Glasgow. Yeah. And sort of pick, pick up a team that are really kind of in the doldrums or down a league. Yeah. And really build them from the bottom up. Yeah. And you can kind of see it with his business that he's done so far and the way he's got them playing. That he's, I think he's in it. I think he's in it for the proper like long project, which is really encouraging. There has been chat that he's maybe being touted as the Northampton Saints. Yeah, boss, I've seen that. But Surely not. I, I don't think he'd go. Surely not. I Edinburgh's a much go. nicer place. Yeah. <laughs> Northampton. <laughs> Anyway, they are absolutely rubbish. Anything else to say on Edinburgh other than that we're pretty impressed with them? Yeah. Well, they've done well. They're good. Good yeah. for them. Um, right, Alan, you've got a quiz. I do. I've got a quiz which we can rattle through. Can you give what is the what's the vibe? It's relatively niche. As always. <laughs> um Where Are They Now? The Coaches Edition. Ooh, sexy title. It goes yeah. from like really easy to like Almost impossible. <laughs> Good. I like that. Right, um, So I want the club or company that this person company. works club for. Or company. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then. Kicking off. Vern Cotter. Okay. Ex Scotland okay. rugby coach. Okay. For the listeners who don't know. I think we'll get that. I'm not sure how many listeners we get that don't. We'd know that. <laughs> Number two. Alan Solomons. Oh, Christ, where is he now? Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah, what? That's why I do that. I, I do that. <laughs> the Trojan Horseman. <laughs> I do know that. Alan Solomons. Number three, Edinburgh rugby coach from 2011 to 2013, Michael Bradley. Where is he currently? I think I do know that. Oh. 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 
Michael. I think I, I think I know that. I have to guess. Don't know. No, you go. Um, number four, ex Edinburgh coach from oh nine to twenty eleven, Rob Moffat. I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no he idea. He's coaching in Europe. Oh, he's co- I was coaching. I was going to make a guess. I at think like I know that. I think I know that. Google or something. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, 25 cap Scotland flanker Ian Smith, ex Mosley and Georgia coach, is now coaching where? Oh, you told us about this in the week. I did. I did tell you about this earlier in the week. Yeah. I wasn't there for that conversation, no. I think it was on a WhatsApp group. It was on a group. WhatsApp, so <laughs> you were. I wasn't, really I wasn't, wasn't reading it. Um, and number six, Brian Redpath left rugby in 2017. Yes, what financial services company did he join? <laughs> can we can we just do like the the nature of it? Uh, yeah, I've actually got the full description listed out here on a piece of paper. I so think I, know. I will well, give you half a point if you word for word tell me what it says. <laughs> word for word. <laughs> I've got no idea on the last three, but I'm feeling good about the first three, so, you know. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, right, number one, what you got? Montpellier. Montpellier. <laughs> number also, two. Al, probably doing some stuff on the side for Altrad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Altrad Construction. Altrad Construction. He's probably like running a site or something like that. Uh, number two, Alan Solomons. Worcester Warriors. Worcester. Correct. Michael Bradley, what have you got? Ha- I'm going to Hanny first. Um, I know he was at Zebra, but I don't think he is there anymore. I, I don't know. I mean, I had Zebra, so if he's left there, I don't know. I think he's the head coach of Zebra. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he is the coach anymore. What? Are you joking, son? I, d- man, I could be wrong. I don't know. It oh, wouldn't be the first time wait. that this quiz has he's, been woefully I don't think he's the there mark. anymore. He was appointed head coach in the summer. Oh, was he? All right, well, yeah, yeah there you go. I'm wrong. Um, all right, 3-2 to Davos. I mean, that, those are the last points that I'm scoring. <laughs> <laughs> I'll He's Rob- currently the head coach of Italian Pro 14 side Zebra. Oh, there you go, fair enough. So Rob- I did kind of know it. Rob Moffat, 09-2011 Edinburgh coach, assistant coach before that, was at Murky till 2015. Mm. Where is he coaching now? Um... Ajen. Ajen. <laughs> I think he's at Romania. He is the Romania backs oh, coach. I think <laughs> I Lynn, actually do Lynn remember Hull. that. With Lynn Holds. Is there not someone else? No one else? There is, Edinburgh. There is someone else there, yeah. And then, is, that um, the, is that the next Trojan horse? Are we going to take over Romania rugby as well? A few Scots. Exactly. Michael Donegan. Michael Donegan, who had the Rugby World article on him. That's mm. true. Going to try and play for Romania in 2019. That's great. We should be quite a good chat. <laughs> so random. Um... Number five, Ian Smith, coached, played for Scotland 25 times, coached Mosley, Georgia. Where is he now? Davos. Where is Mosley in the country? Um, he doesn't coach in the UK. Doesn't and coach he's a in national the UK. Coach. He's a national coach outside of the UK, formerly Georgia. <laughs> I think he is probably within the coaching setup of Germany. What have you got? Portugal. Portugal head ah. coach, Ian Smith. <laughs> is he the head coach? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's, I think he's interim at the moment. They were wow. saying. And he's just like based at the University of Lisbon. And they've oh. like, they only, supposedly it's only like private schools and universities who play rugby. He just like, travels around Portugal. 
just like watching uni games. Sounds that great. sounds quite good. <laughs> we should get him on the pod. Yeah. I know we should actually. That'd be quite. That'd good. be should, really interesting. We should try and get Michael Donegan to be fair in the yeah, pod. Yeah, It'd yeah. probably be quite interesting. Yeah. He doesn't even like Michael Donegan doesn't even live in like one of like the major cities in Romania. No. It's like quite a remote city in like northwest, and I think it's like on the border with Ukraine. <laughs> Amazing. He loves fair, his rugby though. Fair, fair, fair play, play to him. Yeah. Loves rugby. He's going to go to the Rugby World Cup. That's great. Yeah, yeah. that is fair. Um, and last one, Brian Regpath. Who has he left rugby for to work for? I think it's like Forex stuff. You know think? I've written down mortgage broker. <laughs> <laughs> He's working for Apex, one of the largest non-bank providers of global payment, Forex, and risk management solutions. So I get a point for that then. So you get well, a point. Uh, how... Half a point. I said forex. You did say forex. <laughs> Four and a half, three to Hanny. That was good. I like that. That's that was a good. They, that was a good quiz. That's where they are now. Enjoyed that a yeah. lot. Okay, so now into the big business of the week. Looking ahead to the Christmas and New Year doubleheader, the eighteen seventy two Cup, Edinburgh versus Glasgow kicks off on Saturday at Murrayfield, um, five thirty in the evening. I think. Yep. Something like that in the evening. Uh, looking forward to it. I'm going down. What do you think? Who are you guys excited about it? We were just chatting about it actually before the pod. I I generally am, and I I I think Edinburgh are going to win. Do you think Edinburgh win win on Saturday at Murrayfield? Yeah, I think that this. I think Edinburgh are going to be more up for it. Um, yeah. I think they've got the pack to genuinely really front up to Glasgow, and I think at home at Murrayfield, I think I've got them just as slight favourites. All right, interesting. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I, I actually agree. I think that if... Um, you know the games are normally like it more. I know the pitch has got better at Murrayfield, but normally the weather's not that good and it's a bit of a dogfight. Yeah. And I just think from this season, um, Edinburgh's team is more suited to that sort of a match. I think they've got a bit more of a, a kind of dogged, maybe slightly bigger pack as well. Yep. Like particularly in that, in that um, back row. And... Yeah, I, I just think, obviously, both teams are going to be up for it, but I think that Edinburgh have lived in the shadow of Glasgow for so long, and I think Cockrell will really be playing on that. Yeah, um, I agree. I think so I think it's going to be, I just think it's going to be a close match. Unless Glasgow can get themselves on the front foot and get their attacking players in. Um, but Hogg's still going to be out, isn't he? Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you think it's like, what do you think the players are thinking this week? Do you think it's a, a, an actual rivalry for the individuals, or do you think it's more sort of confected by the, like, the marketing teams yeah there's definitely an element of that of the the spin but you know, speaking to a few edinburgh guys they i think as i said they've lived in the shadow of glasgow for so long and actually even though we would say as a scottish rugby fan Glasgow's success has been really good i don't think they have that opinion at all a lot of those guys who've been there for a long time they're like they hate the fact that glasgow have done well because they haven't had the same success yeah i, can so I think that. there's like a real chip on their shoulder actually and like a real desire to get one over on the you know, the supposed high achievers. So I think there's a lot of motivation. And then you have the national selection angle as well. What do you think of the big sort of Scotland-level Scotland, uh, Scotland level matchups? Back row? If Wilson plays, because there was chat that Wilson might be out for it. Yeah. Because he oh, really? had a lot of issues. Then he get concussed in the first game. Yeah. Or, I mean, he went on and off yeah, three yeah. times at the weekend. Um, yeah. But you're probably going to have Wilson versus... Bradbury or Richie, and you got Richie. to think Bradbury or Richie are going to be so up for that battle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, particularly Richie. I think Richie's just like 
so so up for it so yeah. keen new contracts got having sort of an absolute storm of a season up against the the guy who saw the incumbent so a taste in the Scotland squad as well yeah if, the, um, if if he's gonna if he's gonna make a challenge for the shirt, this is his game at Murray yeah, to do it. Yeah, so I think sp- that'll be a really interesting. Um, I think if I'm I'm a little bit annoyed, uh, the Turner ban is, is is pissed me off. But that would have been really nice to see Turner versus. Um, We're gonna have Brown, Rambo. Oh, yeah. it's supposed to be still really, be a good. It'll actually that, still be a very be a good, good match. They're so similar as well. Yeah, Fraser Brown v McAnally is probably the actually the most interesting one. Yeah, that's a really good one. McAnally form sorry, form Hooker. No. Yeah. McAnally is absolutely the form hooker after the autumn, but Fraser Brown was the man that was miles ahead of yeah, and both you know, him and uh, George line. Turner. I'd say pre autumn internationals, you're sort of third or fourth pick in the team sheet would be Fraser Brown. You've got, you've got Finn and Sherlock yeah, who walk in. Yeah, yeah. And Fraser Brown's your third or fourth name. And obviously McAnally has come out and had an absolute stormer. And, you know, Fraser Brown seems like quite a hot headed character at yeah. times. I can't imagine he's going to go. He's going to come in pretty yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be good to watch. Actually, second I think, rows. Yeah, I was just going to say second row. Um, well, there's lots there. Just guys like Tulis and Gilchrist, who once again are probably paid second fiddle a bit. And obviously, they got some starts in the in the autumn. But you know, and those, and those guys playing very well. Themselves well. Yeah, against exactly. Johnny Gray, the sort of the man who yeah. is like the the absolute incumbent. He's mm. one of your first names on the Scotland team sheet at the moment. They'll yeah, be wanting to land. That'd some be interesting. Blows. I also think in the front row, there's just because there are so many injuries that prop that like the selections, it's, it's up your your places are up for grabs. Absolutely. Um, so I think it'd be quite a good scrap in there. Actually, is there anyone in that Edinburgh backline who is really challenging the current Glasgow backline? Chris Dean. Chris Dean versus Hugh Jones. Chris Dean versus Dunbar. Dunbar. He- um, yeah, come on. I mean, I'm, I'm joking. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do really like Christine, but he's not challenging for the, the Scotland team. No. The, the only one I could think is that if Kinghorn has a stormer, then he gets in that Scotland squad. Yeah. Not, not to start. But well, it'll be, ja- it'll be Jacko at 15, so it won't be a sort of uh, versus hog sort of yeah. uh, matchup anyway. But Kinghorn versus Jacko is probably a great shootout for the Scotland score because they're both a 10 slash 15 yep yeah both pretty versatile yeah um, and especially now that you've got Hugh Jones who if someone does get injured Hugh Jones can always move on the wing so you don't need to have a 15 cover who covers wing yeah. as mm. well yeah. so actually having that having that 10 15 gives you a lot more gives you a bit more option um, trying to think in the, in the halfbacks is there anything going on there probably not I mean the thing is what Sean Kenny's just come back but what do you think? We'll probably start with Nathan Fowles. I'd rather they start with Hidalgo Klein, but yeah, I'd rather see Hidalgo Klein get a run of games and sort of push as like third nine, or even second nine. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody touching Ali Price in that nine jersey at or, the moment. Yeah, or Finn. Or Finn in the ten jersey. I mean, even Pete Horn. So I think not. It's not a matchup, but obviously Van der Velt. Yeah, nine. The ten. Yeah. The ten. Yeah, has sort of come in and has played. Pretty well. Pretty well. It'd be interesting to see, but he has played against like London Irish. So yeah, the, the second Kings. team. So it'd be interesting to see if he does start whether um whether he can actually compete at that level because mm. Mm. he's looked okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I has, think that that's that's interesting. Hasn't looked spectacular. And obviously he, he must have come in as a project player. 
presumably. So they're looking. Same. At, same. I, it'd be interesting to see how the, do the borders, isn't it? <laughs> Jakob van der Velde. Oh, from, yeah. from Langham, oh, and um, van der Merwe as well, who seems to be doing quite quite yeah, well. He's, doing, he's a big lad. Isn't big he? lad. Be interesting to see what how he copes with like a, a step up, I suppose. Um, he's yeah. tied to he's tied to South Africa, isn't he? He played like South Africa oh, under nineteen, oh, or okay. maybe he's not. Who I don't. Then? Let's not get into this again. I don't. <laughs> we don't. I don't know, we don't I don't know, know the rules at all. Um, when it comes to nationalities and props, we know. We fuck don't all. know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they've announced that it's going to be decided over three legs this year. Yes. So it's just the, aggregate. The final game of the season. No, 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 no. Best of three. Oh, it's best. Yeah. Oh, is it best three for the cup? So they're not just adding everything up over three. Oh, wait, no. I, 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 <laughs> are we straying into territory where we don't know again? <laughs> no, it, it must be. No, because they just best a, of three. They just announced it today, and my I kind of thought the announcement was because they hadn't actually thought thought about it till like a board meeting yesterday when they realised that they hadn't actually <laughs> they had none of them had any idea. I mean, we absolutely can't rule that out. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely get a press release. You absolutely it. can't rule that out. It's to be decided decided over a three game series. What does that mean? <laughs> this going, is great. Don't no, no, keep reading. This is going this is, into this is the good, article. This is good quality. Keep going. The winner of the world's oldest in intercity rugby rivalry will be decided by a best of three format. What is that? I don't know what that's got to be. Best of yeah, best, best well, of, best of three. Yeah, best of three. Best yeah. of three format means yeah. you know whichever team wins yeah, two. Wins two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there yeah. you go. Well, and there that we go. Was, and, yeah. and then Johnny Petrie was saying that he was very excited about it. Obviously getting over the heartbreak of getting 1% in our blindside flanker Twitter poll. Yeah. yeah. Which we probably need to do a slight apology for unless we do it again. I think the polls have had a mixed response. We've been getting like over a thousand votes on every position, which is really good. Yeah. Nice to build nice up a good team. Bit of feedback. It's a very good team. We have accidentally left off Rob Rain- Wainwright, probably mm. one of the few actually really notable Scottish players over the last 20 years. I remember that midweek Lions captain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we actually should we rerun it or should we just leave it? No, I mean we're not going to rerun it. So no. we're not going to rerun it. Maybe Run to we'll, the maybe second can... rose tomorrow, so that'd be good. He's not being the great white shark. I mean, I love Jason White. So I'm Jason White would have won it anyway. So. Jason White still yeah. be on it. The I didn't actually realize obviously when some guy called us out for it on Twitter. How do we look at like Rob Wainwright's bio? He went to Cambridge to do medicine. Oh, did he? He was an army doctor. And then post rugby, gave up medicine and became a sheep farmer on the Isle of Col. Yeah, on Col. I knew that. Yeah. Wow. Pretty <laughs> yeah, amazing. I know. Yeah. That's um. It's an interesting life. Yeah, yeah. Up to, yeah. I mean, up to a point. <laughs> probably gets, probably, probably gets right, a bit boring. Probably after right all. up to that point where he became a sheep farmer. Yeah. Quite, <laughs> he, had, he had quite an interesting Army life. Army doctor, yeah. international player, yeah. sheep farmer in the Western <laughs> Hebrides. Here we go. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, are we done? Predictions? Yes, predictions. I think Glasgow are going to win by six points. Mm. I think Edinburgh are going to win by three. I think Edinburgh are going to win by ten, but Glasgow win the best of three. Edinburgh Ooh. by ten? Yeah. Edinburgh wow. by ten? That's I think punchy. Glasgow... Uh, right. I, I think, In a bit of a trough. I think this might... Think, I think this is the game where it might all unfurl yeah. a little bit. Oh, you are such a negative Nancy. Well, I'm positive on Edinburgh. Which is good, yeah. You That's know? true. Classic up. pro-Edinburgh bias. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, if Edinburgh win by 10, it's pints on you at the clock after the 1872, yeah? Yep. What's the clock? The big clock tower in Murrayfield. All right. We'll meet there. You can buy everyone pints. Yeah, all the listeners. 
All the listeners. All listeners at the club. They bring a lot of cash because they will not. This is a test, a test of loyalty. People that have actually stayed for the whole hour. Pints on Allen if Edinburgh win by 10. If you go to the piano at 2.30 <laughs> on the 23rd of December in Fingers Piano Bar, left-hand side, blonde guy, girl, ex-girlfriend showing <laughs> I'll buy you a blue WKD. <laughs> and that is an exclusive yes. thistle offer. Yes. That is an exclusive offer. And he'll, yeah, that sounds good. Cool. Well, on that high note, thanks a lot for joining us, guys. Um... <laughs> You can follow us um, on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod, and please get on iTunes, leave us five star reviews, and uh, we'll see you at um, Fingers Piano Bar. Cheers. Cheers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 